What's going on, gentlemen? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host this morning. We are doing our Wisdom Wednesday edition. I should say welcome to our ladies also. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We do have some ladies who listen to this podcast, and I'm very glad that you do. I hope uh, the men in your life find benefit from what you learn, and I hope that you pass it along to them as well. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening, whether you're a mom, girlfriend, wife, wherever you are. Thank you. But Uh, We do these Wisdom Wednesday edition of the podcast because the big idea with Wisdom Wednesday is if you get wisdom, you get everything else, literally everything else. If you get wisdom, you get everything else. You know how to make discerning decisions between uh, overextending yourself versus working or not working hard enough. You know how to balance extremes. You know how to create some uh, balance in your life in general. You get better with money. You get better at work. you You get better at everything. If you get wisdom... Because a lot of life, most of life comes down to how you make a little bit of like decisions here and there, the little decisions, the words that you use, uh, the things you give your time and attention to. It all comes down to wisdom. So if you get wisdom, you get everything else. That's why we do this podcast on Wednesdays. And the way we do it, we pick a proverb of uh, the day and we uh, we just look at it. So today we're going to be in Proverbs 22, chapter, chapter 22, verses 29. This is uh, one of my favorite proverbs. Uh, in the entirety of the Bible. It was one of the earliest ones that I uh, put to memory. So let me read it to you, and then I'll, I'll tell you why. Do you see a man, this is Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see a man who is skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So this proverb, I had it inscribed on my desk at my at a house that I had I was renting with some friends, Many, many years ago. So let's see. I I would have been, that would have been six or seven years ago that I had that. Yep, seven years ago. I was 24 when I had that inscribed on my desk. Now, when I say desk, I don't mean like a nice desk. I don't mean one that was assembled. I was uber poor at the time. Uber, uber, uber poor. I had just finished working up, working at the Olive Garden, and I had taken a free internship at this church. And I wanted a desk where I could study and read and learn and write. And, but I didn't have any money. But what I did have, I had some cinder blocks. So I went out to the backyard and I grabbed these big old cinder blocks. You know what cinder blocks are? They've got, they've got the two holes and they're, they're just this like rigid stone rectangle with two big holes in the middle and then a, a divider that, you know, you know what a cinder block is. And I had a bunch of these in the backyard, so I stacked a bunch of uh, cinder blocks up, uh, about, I think it was three on the front, three on both sides in the front, and then um, I didn't have enough to balance the desk, so I made, I had nine total, three in the back in the middle, if I remember right, if I, I think I'm remembering this right, and just, I stacked these cinder blocks, and then I went to Home Depot, and I found a piece of, basically, plywood, for I think like six dollars, seven dollars, and I placed it on top of these cinder blocks, and that was my desk. Like I, so poor, that's what I could afford—a six-dollar piece of wood on cinder blocks in my room. I'm not sure the stain ever came out of the carpet from the dirt on the cinder blocks. I should have cleaned them off ahead of time. But I had on this desk 
inscribed, I had written a lot of Psalms, a lot, a lot of Proverbs, a lot of things I wanted to remember so that I could look at them as I was studying or working or doing whatever I was doing at my desk. I wanted to be able to see them. And this is one that I had right where, like, if I were to put, put my right hand down, I could see that proverb right there. Do you see a man who is skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. I saw that every single day, every single night when I would sit at my desk because I always wanted to be good at whatever I was going to do. Like I, I have always been obsessed with becoming the best at whatever I was doing. When I was a kid, it was baseball. I would, my, my family can attest to this, I would hit baseballs into a blanket that I had hung from our swing set over and over and over and over again for hours. I would I pitched at our wood fence for hours. Our neighbor actually one time he uh, he he was so tired of me pitching at just the wood fence with nothing to stop the ball that he walked over with a mattress and was like, "Hey, you need to throw the ball at the mattress. We're tired of the noise." But I I was like obsessed with baseball. So for hours every single day I would practice 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 cuz I wanted to be the best at baseball. And I've always been that way where I get like real intense about whatever I want to be good at. And when it when I got into my adult years, I wanted to be get I wanted to get really really good at public speaking and at writing. Like that's what I wanted my craft to be. And um I knew that if I wanted to get good at writing and at public speaking, I would have to uh, read a lot, write a lot, and speak a lot. I just like that's I knew I was going to have to do these things. But I I had that proverb right there to remind me that like when you get when you work really really hard at your craft, you get that's when you get to stand before kings. That's when you get to stand before in, in front of important people. Uh, it says you don't get you don't you no longer stand before obscure people. Obscure just means people who are not well known. It means hidden. It means it's like you and me every single day. Right now, uh, I'm an obscure person for for the most part because uh, I, I'm not an, I'm not a not a king. You know, uh, you and I we're we're average ordinary people. Um, but when you work really really hard and at, at your craft, whatever your craft is. Uh, and you get good at it, you will stand before kings. You will stand before important people. Okay? So that I'm at best right now. Like at best, I'm a decent writer and a decent public speaker. But I am far better than I was seven years ago. It's because I practice, 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 practice all the time. I write all the time. If you know, people are like, "What do you write?" I'm like, "Anything." Sometimes I, I write these podcasts. I write uh, teachings for the church, like little little devos. Um, I journal just on how like I'm feeling. Sometimes I sit down and I'll just like write out a story or a memory of my life, or I'll try to write a, a review of a book that I had read so I can kind of cement it in my mind. I'll write a, a thing from the scripture. I read the Bible like crazy because like if I want to be a public speaker and I want to be uh, a, a writer, well, you got to have something to write about. You got to have something to say. Uh, and I think that the Bible is, is the thing to teach. Uh, and so I, I wanted to like, and when I was sitting at my desk, I wasn't just writing and talking into a microphone to get better. Um, I was like in the scripture trying to memorize everything and know its depths. Um, and I wanted to be able to see the world and all the events in, of history and the people that have come and gone before and that I interact with as Jesus would see them because I wanted that that was going to be part of my craft communicating to people. What, what, how does Jesus 
see people? How does he see manhood? How does he see marriage? How does he see raising kids? How does he see uh, your involvement in the church? How does he see history? Is Jesus focused on a reductive view of history where all you see is oppression? Or has Jesus written the course of history as a part of a redemptive plan, pushing people towards the kingdom of God? Like, what's your theology of it? Like, I was trying to study these things through the scripture and, you know, through everything else because I wanted to get better at public speaking and writing. I, so I do, I'm doing all of these things because I want to be good at my craft. Um, the aim and the effort of becoming good at your craft is far better than choosing money, wealth, or anything else. So it says this in, in Proverbs uh, chapter 23, verse 4. Just So we're, we're just like in Proverbs 22, so you just scroll down. It's literally five verses down. Um, it says, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. So what does that mean? It means a lot of times people go to work just to make some money to have some wealth. And that's fine, but I think it's far better to spend, to like, if you're gonna put your energy towards something, I would put it towards getting really, really good at your craft, whatever you do, whatever you create, whatever you make, versus attaining a lot of wealth. If you get really good at your craft, you're probably gonna get some good wealth along the way, and you're also gonna stand before kings. I know plenty of rich people who are kind of boring, and nobody knows their name. <laughs> like, um, and so what, what I'm trying to say is don't fall for the temptation or the deceitfulness of riches and wealth when really what you get to give your life to, what you get to make, what you get to create with your life is a far better, far better use of your time instead of just trying to acquire more and more and more and more and more and more and more. So Jesus tells this parable about the rich man who built barns. Um, he he uh, had a great harvest, his crops, and he said, what will I do? My barns are full. I'll tell you what, I'll tear them down, build bigger ones, and fill those. And then um, he dies later that night, and he says, fool, who will these be? And um, he, the Jesus' point is not that wealth is bad. It's, hey, don't put all your effort, don't toil to acquire wealth. Be rich towards God. Being rich towards God doesn't mean just sitting in a worship service for hours and hours and hours. It means developing what God gave you, what craft what craft, and what natural skill and talent has God given you. And if you're like, God hasn't given me anything, well, that's not true. Um, you are more, you are not just a random piece of material cells just sitting there. You, got it, you are actually designed, intrinsically designed by God um, with innate capabilities for certain things. And God wants you to develop those uh, more than he wants you to do. Like, you know, he wants you to, ve- to develop those. That he Like, those are gifts that he has given you. And if you use them well, you get to stand before kings. Um, Jesus was somebody who did things well. Uh, he did things excellently. He developed his craft well. So the Sermon on the Mount is considered the best sermon of all time. Um, and it's less than 15 minutes long if you were to read it, but it, it the depth of human psychology and understanding of human nature and how the world works is unbelievable. One of the privileges of be, being God, I guess, but he is consider- that is considered the best sermon of all time. And it says, it says in Mark 7:37, it says he people marveled at Jesus because he has done all things well. Jesus worked really, really hard 
on what on what his craft was. Um, the one who I wrote this down. The one who's good at their craft is more interesting than the one who has wealth alone. <laughs> that that's so true. Have you like think about the people that um, you admire that are just fun to watch? Maybe not necessarily admire. But think about the people who are fun to watch. I love watching professional baseball players hit home runs. Like th- th- it's it's like. The way they can swing and hit a, a baseball is almost impossible to hit if you like sci- if you measure it scientifically, and yet people crank home runs over and over and over again. Um, if you think like professional surfers, if you get hop on YouTube and watch professional surfers join these giant waves, you're like oh my gosh, these people are unbelievable at what they're doing. Or violinists, men. If you watch watch and listen to an incredible violinist, you're not just hearing the the melody or the notes of the word or the, uh, like not words there's no words in a violinist you're not just hearing the melody and the tune and the notes you're actually experiencing something that's like like that makes you want to dance it uh, the uh, professional violinist will draw you in there is this one that we used to love listening to there's this band called Celtic Woman and they sang all these old Celtic songs, and it was very beautiful music, but they had this violinist who was incredible. I can't remember her name. I think of like movie directors, people who make incredible movies that tell stories that just draw you in and make you forget that you're sitting in a movie theater. A good director is a good storyteller, and a good storyteller has drawn you into a story that makes you forget your surroundings and makes it feel like you're a part of the story. And that, that's someone who's really, really good at their craft. I think of like entrepreneurs who are my buddy Vinny, um, who is on the podcast, who has who owns Rocco's Donuts. Um, he is really, really good at his job, at his craft. And he, he's not just he's a business owner and a business builder. And when you go into their stores, you can just feel something different when you step in because he is good at his craft. Um, try to think of another example. Artists draw you in. People who are writers, a good storyteller uh, uh, for books. I'm trying to think. Uh, one of my favorite books. I mean, I really love John Steinbeck. I love his books. He is an incredible storyteller. Uh, there's a lot of those other novels. I'm just I'm looking at my bookshelf. and Or Cormac McCarthy. Incredible, incredible, unique writer. Somebody who's good at their craft. They have a way of drawing you in so you experience something that makes that's different part that's a different part of your life and people are drawn to that. Um, wealth is a little bit deceitful in that. Wealth is there's nothing wrong with wealth. I want some wealth myself. I hope I have some one day. Um, but there people who are really, really good at whatever they've chosen to be good at have a way of impressing something into people. They're uh, not impressing. They make an impression on people that can't be measured monetarily. It's just, you're like, wow. You just have to stand there and watch. You just stand there and watch. Um, my dad is a woodworker. So he doesn't he doesn't get paid to do, he does occasionally, he does little projects for people, but that's not his primary job. But I have two pieces of woodwork from my father in my house. I have, one of the very first things he ever built me was a shoe shelf. Uh, for dress shoes, and I also have a crib that he made for my daughter, and so I get to compare these two different pieces of work 
that my father made. And I can tell the difference between when he started and where he is now because one is far better than the first. The first one was good. The The second one, the crib, is magnificent. It is well put together. And he know, he knows all this. He, he's not hearing this for the first time. It is a beautiful, beautiful crib. Well, when you start to get good at your craft, you get better and better and better, and you create new pieces of artwork uh, that could that for people to enjoy, for people to participate in, for people to use. Um, Apple computer. That is another one. Steve Jobs. I know he. I've I've heard he was kind of a jerk, kind of a bad leader, whatever. Apple makes beautiful products. That's what they have. They Microsoft makes probably way way more. I don't even know what do you call. I don't like care for Microsoft too much. Um, Apple makes beautiful products, and you feel like you're you're not just using a computer. You feel like you're using something other than just a computer or an iPad or an iPhone when you use an Apple product. They are somebody. They are people who worked really really hard at their craft. I uh, there's plenty of examples of people who work really really good at their craft. And it's those people who stand before kings, who stand before people. They don't stand before obscure men. They start in obscurity. And as you get really, really good at whatever you're doing, you stand before people who are important. Um, I did write this down um, just because I think it's important. Let your feet stand before kings, but don't allow your heart to get puffed up. So when you get really good at something and you start to stand in front of important people who are also really good at whatever they did, it's easy to let your heart move from where you, the people that you already know, the obscurity, the, to uh, being puffed up. Don't become puffed up. Jesus was really, really good at this. He he was one of the, he had a huge following, huge crowd, a lot of influence. He was one of the best preachers that ever lived. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But he never he never puffed himself up like Pharisees had. You want to remain with the obscure people. It, it's a way of staying. It's basically stay humble, stay humble. Uh, all of that to say, wisdom would say, get really, really good at whatever, at your one thing. Will you ever pay your bills and make it a full-time full time gig out of it? I don't know. Maybe not. But that's not the, that's not the point. Uh, the point is to figure out something that you can get really, 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 really good at and use that craft to make something beautiful for the world. There's a guy I know at the church. His name is Matt. Young guy. I think he's 15, 16. Um, and high school kid. But he is incredible with a video camera. He makes amazing videos and tells great stories with his video camera. And who knows where this kid's going to go with, with his ability to tell stories through video. Um, but every single day he's saying yes to things so that he can get better and better and better and better at, at his craft. Will his will he have a job when he gets out of high school and out of college that to help pay his bills while he tells stories? Yeah, probably. But it's the stories, it's the craft that will take him places. Well, and I think it is good for us to find what is one thing we want to be really, really, really good at and then pursue that with everything that we have. Not Not for money but just for the sake of getting really, really good at making something that other people can enjoy. So thank you for listening to this version of the Man I Want to Be podcast, Wisdom Wednesday. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a five-star review, share it with a friend, and until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.